0: Us, December, we got to wake up with quite a surprise. It was on December 8th, and kind of a, not like a shocking surprise, but a good surprise that Pope Francis had dedicated this, the entire year, the upcoming year, to St. Joseph. Never had the church ever had a year dedicated to St. Joseph. In 2,000 years, there's been years dedicated to Mary, to the family, to the Eucharist, but never one solely dedicated to St. Joseph. And my initial reaction was one that was maybe, a little less than holy, because I thought, you know, Pope Francis, we were going to have this whole year of the Eucharist, you didn't consult me about if this would be a convenient time to do this or not, um, but I guess we'll try to make it work. Of course, like, that was my initial reaction, but um, but... Of course, it's a great thing, you know, especially to be our patron saint. And we just had the Feast of St. Joseph on Friday. We've got some of the, uh, the after effects over there. There's a relic of St. Joseph, so it's a piece of his cloak. And we've got the, the paperwork that authenticates it that says it's real. So that's, that's um, just another great gift. And so there's a lot of excitement with this year dedicated to St. Joseph being a shrine here um, and had a handful of people already met from other parishes coming to visit. But as we look at this year that we're having dedicated to St. Joseph and also a year dedicated to the Eucharist, there's some great parallels between the two, some tie-ins between Joseph and the Eucharist, especially in silence. St. Joseph is a man of silence. Throughout the scriptures, we don't hear a single word that Joseph ever says. He's just simply one that listens to God and then acts. He's one that hears God in his life, and you think of those dreams that Joseph has. And then he's just willing to act. He's willing to follow through. And then similarly at Mass. Mass is always a time where there's silence interspersed with dialogue, interspersed with prayer, interspersed with hearing, with listening but there's this kind of silence that our, our prayer is found. That we find a place to enter into silence and in prayer with the Lord. And even that can be tied into the gospel today. And it's, of course, one of the longest gospels that we hear throughout the year. And it's the story of the raising of Lazarus. And there's so much dialogue that happens. There's so much action that happens. But it probably takes place over a couple days, this raising of Lazarus, right? Like Jesus hears the story, you know, hears that Lazarus is sick. He waits for a couple days. Then they make this trek down to Bethany. And then there's the whole kind of back and forth as they're trying to, you know, he's going to the tomb. And so there's a whole lot of things that aren't said. There's a whole lot of this gospel that we don't hear anything about. There's a whole lot that exists simply in silence. Even that journey as they're going down to Bethany to where Lazarus has died. It's like a funeral procession. You know, they know that he's dead and they're going there to honor a dead man. And of course, they don't know what, they don't quite grasp what Jesus is about to do. And anybody who's ever been in a funeral procession knows there's Quite a sense of silence there. There's quite a sense of kind of the profundity of that that moment. And you can imagine that with Jesus. And even as he goes to the tomb, that there's this kind of there's this prayerful walk that they have to the tomb. And even for us on our own journeys, right, in Joseph's journeys. To have that sense of prayerful silence. Maybe that means just as we travel in our car from one place to the next that during this year of Saint Joseph, maybe we, we turn off the radio or we, we, you know, don't listen to another podcast and we just have a moment of silence with the Lord as we're on the journey, just like Jesus did or just like Saint Joseph did. So there's great parallels between Joseph in this gospel of La- the raising of Lazarus. Or maybe the second one, after silence, is that they're going to see a dead man. Right? They're going there, and there's a bit of accusatory kind of tone here, though. Both Martha and Mary individually tell Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. They point the finger at Jesus and say, you know what, this is kind of your problem. This is your fault. If you had been here, it wouldn't have come to this. And they wish Jesus would have been present at his last moments. And Joseph, of course, was given that grace. The tradition is that Joseph died before Jesus began his public ministry, and Joseph is the patron saint of a happy death, to be surrounded by Jesus and Mary as he exhales his last breath. That this is really the definition of a happy death, and St. Joseph's this patron. And so we can go to Joseph and ask for the grace of a happy death, and I've had the great honor to witness that with so many people, so many parishioners, so many even family members that have gotten to that have been given this grace of a happy death, to have the sacraments there, to receive the Eucharist one last time, and to receive forgiveness for all all their sins. And it's something we can begin to pray for, and we can even begin. To prepare for, that we can tell our family members, just remind them, hey, whenever that day comes for me, make sure to have the Eucharist brought, make sure to call the priest to come out and give me absolution one last time. And so just as Lazarus was preparing for a happy death or hoping to have a happy death, St. Joseph is that great patron of one who has a happy death, surrounded by Jesus, Mary and his family. The third thing that this tie-in between Joseph and Lazarus could be is that any time there's discussion of death, it always, or maybe it should always lead to faith. It should lead to a deeper belief. And that's really the crux of what's happening in the gospel today is that Jesus is trying to bring about faith. And we hear it happens at the very end. We hear the very end of this gospel, they began to believe. But it wasn't that way the whole time. As you kind of look through the gospel, this gospel, and you read it closely, you can see they kind of get it, but in some ways they really don't get it. Even Martha and Mary, at one point in the gospel, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. And then he says to Martha very poignantly, do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I've come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Well she kind of gets it. Jesus said, "Do you believe I'm the resurrection and the life? I have power over death." And she says, "I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God." It's like, "Well that's true, but you haven't quite grasped the power of what's about to happen. Your n- faith isn't quite there." And of course, that's the way all of us live. I right? in some ways all of us aren't quite there. We kind of get what Jesus is talking about. We kind of are on our path there, but we're still Not 100% there. And the great one of the great figures that can guide us in faith is St. Joseph. St. Joseph educates in faith. St. Joseph forms faith. He's the patron of the interior life. And so we can go to Joseph and learn from his example of faith. As he lived this kind of radical life of whatever God told him to, he was willing to do it at the drop of a hat. Pick up your family, pick up Jesus, and go to Egypt. He leaves his workshop, he leaves his family, his extended family, he leaves his friends and follows wherever God sends him. So he's this great example of faith and invites us to follow him, invites us to imitate his own faith. And so we have this great example this year during the year of St. Joseph. And today as we have this third scrutiny, those preparing to enter the church, in some ways you wonder, the Lord had planned for you to enter the church during the year of St. Joseph. That Joseph's goodness is part of your own faith journey. And also this gospel that we have that Jesus wants to bring about faith is one that's so perfect for this scrutiny. It's, of course, why they, why they pick it. And, of course, that's an example for each and every one of us. That during this year dedicated to St. Joseph that we may imitate him, and we may learn from this gospel, that our faith may be grown, that our faith may be deepened this year, even in the midst of death, even in the midst of the fact that each and every one of us is going, it will hopefully die a happy death. And this faith, this trust, and this hope in eternal life is born in the silence, is born in that place where God speaks in the depths of our hearts, and we can hear his voice, speaking to us, inviting us closer to God, and imitating the virtues of Saint Joseph.